Hello, I'm Alan Lipsy, and welcome to the CFA UK In Conversation podcast. This is the show for investment professionals, all about issues, interests, and insights in today's profession. In this episode, I'll be talking to Will Goodhart, Chief Executive of CFA UK here in London, about ESG investment and what it means for the CFA UK. Hi, Will. Very good to catch up with you today. Alan, thank you so much. Very nice to be here. Um, now, over the past few years, you and I have been working together, me as a volunteer, you as a paid professional. Um, uh, we've seen the sort of burgeoning interest in ESG uh, within investment blossom into a, a, you know, a full movement. Uh, and uh, we felt it bubble up within the organization itself. So firstly, I just let me ask you, Will, you know, sustainable investment, it's not a new idea. It's been around for a while. How has it come to the attention of the CFA UK's leadership? Um, has it come up in surveys or did it percolate up through our many volunteers? Well, as you say, it's, it's, it's certainly not a new idea. As you also point out, you know, we've been working together on that uh, for the last few years. Now, you on the board, not just a volunteer, but as a board member, so um, a part of the group to whom I'm accountable. And, you know, my sense is that you as a board hold me accountable for making sure that we're fulfilling our, our mission, which is to educate investment professionals, to, to make sure that high ethical and professional standards are being upheld across the, um, the sector, and also to explain the profession um, to our stakeholders. And I think there is um, no issue that has been more prominent in the last um, two or three years than sustainability. And we, we started very much with this concept of, of ESG integration, integrating environmental, social, and governance factors into the investment decision-making process. And I feel as though we're sort of moving beyond that, but it's being pushed um, so hard by regulators and policymakers at the moment. I mean, week to week, you, you know, there's there's always something new. So even in this past week, we've seen the um, the UK's Department of Work and Pensions require pension trustees to to make disclosures in line with TCFD. We've got the uh, the the. Yeah, a little bit more information about how investment firms are supposed to disclose under the EU's um, sustainable financial disclosures requirements um, legislation. And yeah, pretty recently we had the Larry Fink letter about um, the fact that BlackRock is going to be pushing all boards to have a, a reasonably coherent plan about how they want to make their businesses net zero aligned. So there's a huge amount of, of external pressure. And in the past, as you say, um, we've seen in surveys from CFA Institute and some of the reports that they've put together on the development of sustainable finance. Uh, and also, uh, we've had a, a lot of interest from our own volunteers about um, the society doing more in this space. So I think that, you know, while there was certainly uh, an upswell of interest within the society um, around ESG and sustainable investing, there's also been this obviously this huge movement um, in the across the rest of the sector um, and beyond you know, in the, the, the finance sector more broadly um, to to green the financial system. Um, and I think we've been um, suitably responsive to that. And in some cases, I think we've done a reasonably good job of being sort of slightly ahead of um, the curve, which has been, um, you know, very, uh, very 
pleasing and um you know i think uh, reflects really well on the board and let me pick up on on that point there that you know because we have been involved and we have pushed this agenda as much as we could and we the cfa uk has run events for some time either completely about esg or certainly including esg panels but a couple of years ago uh it clearly wasn't enough i guess is what i'm saying a couple of years ago a decision was made by the board uh, to initiate a full ESG certificate with exam work, you know, study materials. It was a lot of work for certain individuals on your staff. So could, maybe you could tell members a bit about that process, you know, briefly, and then what it what it what it really means. What 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 does this ESG certificate do? Sure, and I'd be really delighted to do that. And and we actually started work on the certificate in sort of one form a little while ago because in relation to the advocacy work that we do around sort of stewardship and corporate governance, we were responding to um, the consultations from the Financial Reporting Council um, on those topics. And then in discussion with the FRC and others after that, they were asking, well, is there any scope for you to educate people about how to undertake stewardship, how to promote good governance within the um, your investee companies? And we picked that up. And then as we started to pick that up, it, it sort of began to broaden out. Um, and in the discussions we had, it became quite apparent that it wouldn't have made an awful lot of sense to have a certificate just in the GPs, but that we needed to wrap the environmental and social uh, factors into that alongside those. Um, and then what we were able to do is to put together initially a working group of, of volunteers and experts um, who were able to help us build a syllabus. Um, then we commissioned um, authors again, um, including a lot of investment professionals in that because we definitely wanted the practitioner voice. This is not sort of a theoretical issue for us. This is really a sort of a practical guide to how to, how to, you know, why and how to implement ESG. Um, and, and now we have, a, um, the, as you say, the official training manual and we have the exam and we have a fantastic panel made up of volunteer members of the society um, who oversee the delivery of the exam and make sure that we're undertaking that uh, in the in the appropriate ways um, and also help us to to maintain the official training manual to make sure it's up to date and the case studies are uh, are right and um, that we're sort of selecting a broad uh, uh, broad content to, to, to fill that out that allows us now to speak to a global audience because we're beginning to think about where we take this globally. And in terms of what it does for people, I think one of the things that it does that, I, that is sometimes, um, the value of which is sometimes underestimated, is to allow people to know what they need to know because we're all reading an enormous amount about ESG, climate, sustainability and so on but it can be quite difficult to know where the perimeter the necessary perimeter of that knowledge is you know do I how, you know how well informed am I and what we did was to bring together as I say this group we were able to say well actually you know for a for an investment professional this is what you ought to know this is what you need to know about the market. This is what you need to know about the factors. This is what you need to know about how to, to use those factors in the an analytical and valuation work that you're doing, and then in how to construct portfolios, and then how to report on that back into your clients. And I think while each of the chapters themselves is very useful for providing real practical insight for people, it's also, I think, reassuring for people to, so that they can say, 
actually, you know, if CFA UK has put its badge on this, if CFA Institute is going to put its badge on it in the future, then, you know, this is obviously a, you know, a high quality qualification and probably tells me everything that I need to know. And, um, and we're committed, obviously, to keeping people up to date through the continuous professional learning that we offer. So, so I hope that answers your question. I think, it, yeah, no, it definitely does. And I guess I'll take it from there. It's really, A, you don't need to be a CFA to necessarily do this exam. It may help, but, but ideally, I don't think you need to be. But this is, this is a broad-based audience we're addressing in the investment community and not necessarily purely investment investors. But also, tell us a little bit about that. But also, more importantly, talk to the rolling out of the ESG certificate internationally. Because right now, I think, Correct me if I'm wrong. It's we're only really doing it in the UK and bits of Europe, correct? That, that's With right. Franchise, a kind yeah. of franchise. Yeah. Right? So, so we've um, we launched <clears throat> this, and in, yeah, from our perspective, it was really a product for the UK market initially. <clears throat> though we were very interested in taking it globally. So we've had five thousand registrations so far. Um, quite a lot of those people still st- still to sit. They're still studying. But of the people who've sat the exam so far. About three quarters of those are coming from the UK, and then the remaining 25% are coming from the most, almost all of them are coming from the eight Western European markets, uh, other Western European markets with whom we've partnered, just to sort of to test out the um, international demand for the certificate. So we're working with Ireland, we're working with the Netherlands, working with Switzerland and Spain and, and France and, and Denmark and a couple of other markets um, on that. And that's been very successful. It's worked really well for them. Um, and what we're now doing is uh, working with CFA Institute to take the certificate global. Um, so for the next little while, for about the next six or seven months, it's going to continue to be operated and run by us, um, but marketed sort of by, by CFA Institute, promoted by them and by other CFA Institute societies worldwide. And then we'll actually transfer it over to CFA Institute for it to become a CFA Institute product. Nothing else about the product is going to change. So anyone who's taken in the past is, is you know who had a CFA UK certificate will then be awarded the CFA Institute certificate. It's going to be the same thing. Um, and as you say, you don't need to be a chart holder. Um, and in fact, only about 15% of the people who have registered for it so far are already members of, of CFA UK or one of the other member societies. And so what we're seeing is a lot of demand from from other parts of the um, investment sector and from a broader range um, of users for the certificate, which is, I think, unsurprising given the you know the demands that are being made on trustees, the demand that are being demands that are being made on non-executive directors, the demands that are being made um, you know, on in on consulting firms to ensure that they're fully informed so they can advise their clients um, appropriately. So uh, we're really yeah really pleased that the, the certificate. Um, is proving useful to such a broad audience. And, and am I right in saying we're building, we're continuing with the CFA UK incubator, and we're going to come up with another uh, certificate focused just because I guess we've had so much demand on the subject, uh, just on climate change alone, just pretty much on the E. Is that correct? Well, yes. I mean, it, it, it is. Um, so the the ESG certificate has gone really well. And that we've sort of proved um, both the our capacity to develop and then deliver a qualification and to incubate successfully. Uh, 
we, you know, we've now struck an agreement with CFA Institute for them, as I said, to, to market the ESG certificate and then to take it on, which is terrific. And so we now have capacity to think about developing another certificate. And we we love the ESG certificate, but um, it went in its first uh, edition of the official training manual from about 280 pages to 470 pages in its second, and it'll probably go up to around sort of just around 500. So we're not going to put a lot more into it in version three, but there'll be a little bit more. But even in that, there really isn't enough space for us to cover um, climate change properly um, and the opportunities and risks um, that are being posed by climate change and how investment professionals need to respond to that. And we're also aware that when we're talking about ESG integration, we're, what we're talking about is really a, the use of additional pieces of information within uh, the existing structure of the investment decision-making process. And so you, you, it's not hard, you know, people need to focus on it, but it's not difficult for firms to make choices about where and how they integrate that, that information. But on climate, it's, it's a little bit different because if we think about ESG as being a little bit more bottom up, affecting sort of investment at the sort of the, the, the sort of security level, the sector level, but climate is really about sort of the, the, the entire portfolio, about rethinking risk, about rethinking the, the likely development of particular sectors, the existence in some cases of sectors. I suppose you could argue that energy is always going to exist, but if you think about there's a clean energy sector and an, an old energy sector, is the old energy sector going to be around in, mm. in five years' time? Mm. So you know, how do you take climate and put it into your investment decision-making process because you're taking one system and really trying to apply it through an entire other system? Um, so that's what we're hoping to be able to address uh, through the, the climate certificate. We've created the syllabus uh, for that in the same way that we did um, with the ESG certificate. We now have authors working on those chapters as we speak. Um, and we were, we're hoping that we will be able to, to launch something at, at or around the time of, um, of COP26 this, this autumn. Gosh, that all sounds very promising. You've got us all very busy. Um, it, it, it looks as though we are starting to fulfill some of the things that our members are, are want from the CFA UK, but also outside in the investment community. So that all sounds really promising. Listen, Will, thanks so much for, for chatting to me about this subject. And thanks to all our members for, for, for listening. Um, look out for our next podcast and the details in the regular CFA UK newsletter or subscribe to CFA UK's um, SoundCloud channel. And you can find out more at www.cfauk.org slash podcasts. Thanks again, Will. Thank you.